Hello, and welcome back to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. I'm Ryan Noonan, uh, back to talk about the best way, the most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is through player props. Uh, we typically live 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday. Uh, we are kicked back a little bit here on this Friday because we needed to get out of the way of this riveting 0-0 England-US tie uh, that just finished. So if you somehow have not depleted all of your dopamine and adrenaline uh, and you still have some back for this show, we appreciate you hanging out with us. So if you are on YouTube, subscribe uh, so you do not miss a show. Lots of other great content here on the 444 YouTube page. Uh, smash that like button. goes a long way in helping us. And jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite prop is for week 12. Busy prop day. Everything kind of getting dumped with obviously the books focusing a lot on the Thursday Thanksgiving slate. Now stuff is slowly rolling out for this weekend. Joining me here as always, uh, who would love to talk about this soccer game, Connor Allen. What's up? Yeah, I thought it was, I know it was zero, zero. I know everyone's like really mad about it and I get it uh, because there's no goals. Obviously and the point of the game is to win and score goals, but I thought that it was a really great result for the U S who, uh, I mean, we're plus 600 to win this game. So getting a tie is fantastic. You know, that's actually good. And, uh, also, like, you know, they had a couple of chances that they blew. And uh, as Pat mentioned prior to the show, we're getting uh, rinsed pretty thoroughly there for the first 15, 20 minutes. And we're, I thought they were going to be losing like 3-0 and came back and you know, did good work. I thought it was it was the most impressive I've seen U.S. soccer in, in a while. So I thought it was good. Even though it was a 0-0 tie, I get it. It was pretty boring. Yeah, you have to remember, too, that from the England perspective, and I felt like they didn't talk about this at all during the broadcast because uh, maybe they didn't know or they're not paying attention, but a 0-0 tie is like an optimal result for England here. They're through unless they get shellacked by Wales. Yeah, it legit it legit like didn't matter for them. They're, they'll be they'll be through pretty much either way. And for the U.S. now in a great spot to obviously win it in against Iran, who just won 2-0 against Wales. So yeah, England's in a good spot. U.S. is in a good spot. And uh, the, the way they do the brackets, you know, they won't they won't play each other, but, uh, you know, encouraging for both sides, I'd say. Yeah, like just the, the draw gets them through. So now it's just whoever wins between Iran and the U.S. I wouldn't overlook Iran, by the way. No, I think they're everyone is actually, I think, in the U.S. overlooking them. They're actually good. Like they had a really bad result against England, but they have some good players. So what's that going to open at? Um are we U.S. going to be favorites there? You think? Or what? yeah, they'll be favored. Uh, okay. I mean, just like like narrow though, like not like not by a ton. I mean, it'll probably be. I would guess in well in in a three way market, they'll technically it'll be plus money on each side. So, but I I think that you should probably bet the plus money. That'll be my bet because you know just got to ride with America. I have zero analysis, just just riding with America. So I, I was talking to my friends at Bet Online today, the guy that runs the book, and they said that today's U.S. soccer game was the third most liability they've ever had on any game ever. And everyone bet on the U.S. money line. <laughs> well, wow. Americans are bad up. at betting on soccer, as it turns out. <laughs> I mean, we know nothing. Like even like I, I stay like somewhat in touch. And I know very little, you know, and like uh, it's I'm just I don't know. I, I like thought about it and I was like, oh, I think England's the right side here, you know, probably. But uh, I'm going to bet in the U.S. anyways because I don't want to root against them. So, yeah. And that's I mean, Americans know the one thing they know about soccer is they like America. So they'll bet on them. It's funny. The three <laughs> biggest ones uh, live pieces of liability that they held because they're I, I don't know if they're technically an offshore, but I don't think they're like legal in the United States. So their biggest liability ever was Trump 2020 to win that lost. Connor McGregor to beat Floyd Mayweather, that lost. And now USA Soccer against England, that lost. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that you know patriotism coming up in the moments like this, especially against England. Like you know, you don't want to be you want to be holding that England ticket like at the end, like pulling for England. So I, yeah. I get in a in a once every four year type of event for America, once every eight years, right? Because we didn't make it like the last iteration of this tournament. So I, I get it. I mean, there's, there's uh, a few I was pool. rooting for I was rooting for England, so that's me. Yeah. What about Canada? You bet on Canada at all? They they looked good. They actually looked really good. I'm not gonna lie. I thought they were solid. Eh. You watch it or no? I, I I watched the entire game. I'm not betting on Canada. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's the first time they've been in the World Cup since I was less than a year old. I told Pat it sounded like from their analysis that a 1-0 loss to one of the best teams was a a small win, but he told me it was a loser mentality. He's probably right, but I, I don't know. Maybe they just Canadians are, are smarter than us and maybe less blindly patriotic, and that's probably sharp no, as far as betting goes. We're, we're all rooting for them to win, but this is like a classic Canada thing. When the, My first job uh, at a broadcasting school, I was writing as an intern at Sportsnet Magazine, which was like a national publication, and the Olympics were coming around. Canadians love the Olympics, and it was I think it was the Summer Olympics, which Canada is terrible at. And I was I wrote this entire piece. It was like a 5,000-word 5, opinion essay about how Canadians have loser mentalities and we need to stop celebrating people's personal bests. We should celebrate winners. And they got very upset. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> uh, they, they did not like that. I was like, we need to be more like the U.S. You think the U.S. cares about someone who comes like second in the f- four by one hundred? No, they want winners. They want people who want to win. They're like, they're like Dennis Smith. Yeah, I, I can't get behind a, a small loss as a win because I mean, yeah, maybe in like the grand scheme of like a twenty years building a program, but like not in the World Cup. Like, you got to at least draw. You got to get something out of it. You'll always have Ben Johnson. Is he? Uh, do you still celebrate the Ben Johnson win? No, that that was taken away from him. We celebrate Donovan Bailey. He won the 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 Atlanta gold and broke the 100 meter record. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, small small wins for Canada. I like it. Shift the mentality, uh, especially uh, in the summer games, Pat. I mean, you guys don't show up for that. I didn't even know you guys went. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I, you just mentioned two sprinters who broke the 100 meter dash record, who were both Canadian. Just giving you shit. When was, yeah. the, when was the last time the U.S. did that, by the way? Won the 100 meter. No idea. I, I think it went to Carl Lewis after, who was also on steroids, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, after was. they took away Ben Johnson's gold medal. Yes. Yeah. So 88. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, is that Barcelona? No, that was, uh, Barcelona was 92. No, whatever. No one, yeah, no one tuned in. The props to drop. No one tuned in uh, to listen to us talk about uh, soccer or, you know, Olympic uh past olympics so we'll jump into it here obviously joining us as well the man from the mayo media network subscribe to all of pat's stuff on youtube uh the pat mayo experience in podcast form it is pat mayo um all right we're gonna jump in reminder two episodes of move the line each week we've moved the game preview show to wednesdays uh that is 7 30 eastern on wednesday nights more sides and totals we save the props the good stuff here for the friday prop show want to let folks know we are running a Black Friday sale on the site, 444.com slash plans. Betting subscription gets you access to literally everything on the site. Uh, every sport, every article, tool from now until the end of February. I think the subscriber-only Discord where all of Connor and I's props are pushed through uh, initially. It's really the crown jewel of that. $34 from now until the end of February through this weekend, Black Friday weekend, NBA, college basketball, MMA. We do have someone capping soccer in there for you. Uh, if you dabble in any of the pick'em sites, Prize Picks, Underdog, Vivid, we have channels designated for that as well. If you're playing DFS, TJ Hernandez, John Daigle, providing a ton of DFS content too. Still grinding season long. We have all that for you too as well. 444.com slash plans. You don't even need a promo code. It's already set there for you. 34 bucks 
through the end of February. Uh, well, let's get started for week 12 props. Live lines, doing our best to give you everything that's available right now. Um, Connor, get us started. Week 12. Yeah, this has been tough with uh, just the Thanksgiving and then the openers coming in here. So they've been bouncing around a bit, but I think that we've got some accurate ones here. My first one, Aaron Rodgers, under 228 and a half passing yards. Uh, I bet this against the Eagles every week, uh, the quarterback under, and it is uh, perfect right now. It's 10 and 0. Uh, and the Eagles held every quarterback under their passing prop, nine of 10 quarterbacks under this specific number of uh, 228 and a half. So if we're looking at this matchup too, I think that the Packers probably try and run against the Eagles who are great in pass defense, third in pass DVOA, fifth in explosive pass rate allowed. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, really have struggled a little bit since losing Jordan Davis, but did play well uh, with Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue kind of sliding the lineup. But I don't think that's really going to stop the Packers. I went back and looked at the Titans who are extremely good run defense and, you know, middling pass defense. They came out in the first quarter, ran the ball seven times, threw the ball seven times. So like they were still essentially skewing run heavy uh, in terms of the league and, you know, pretty much 50-50 there. So I think that they try and skew run heavy. And then when they do throw the ball, they have trouble doing so. So I'm seeing 228 and a half on, uh, you know, Bet Rivers, Barstool, like Canby Shops. I'm seeing like 221, 222 at other places. I think that's probably fine still. But obviously, if you can get 228 and a half, I like that a lot better. This is why getting in the chat makes a lot of sense. Because you would have got what did you push this at? 232. 232. Yeah. yeah, 232. So so that matters too. And I think the handicap makes a ton of sense. Pat, any uh leans on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I like oh boy. I like that as well. Uh I just Packers under everything. Like the Packers are terrible. I love the Eagles in this game too. So maybe I, I'm swayed by that. Yeah, and then just the play volume too for the uh the Packers is is always a little low for somebody like regardless of game script, they tend to bleed the clock down too. So play volume is is on your side. And yeah, I, I like that cap quite a bit um how about you pat how about number one for you uh i mean there's a couple ways i can attack this but i'm gonna go with antonio gibson over two and a half receptions he's only been under this number once i believe since week three so far this year and now his role has started to grow again i think his rushing attempts prop is 12 and a half i like the over of that i like both of his yardage props i like him to score in this game against the five may have to play like a five a five-way antonio gibson same game parlay <laughs> this week uh, it's a, just a fantastic spot for him against a really brutal run defense and listen like i get that they've been winning i actually like atlanta in the game in terms of the four and a half or four and even potentially outright but I think it's going to be close, which is going to lead to a lot of running. And we've seen Heineke, you know, ball out by his standards, but he does throw four throws a game that should be intercepted. And I think that Ron Rivera knows that. I think Washington knows that. And they're just going to lean on the run as much as possible. And they don't throw to Brian Robinson. They only throw to Antonio Gibson. So two and a half seems like a very low bar here. So I will go over the two and a half receptions. Before we jump into that, can you... Uh just expand a little bit on the actual matchup in your handicap there, liking the the Falcons. Cause I'd love to hear a little bit more there. Cause I think it's a really bad matchup for them. I mean, it's gross. I don't have any conviction on the commanders, but I would lean commanders in that one, but I would love to get your thoughts. Well, you're buying Washington at the highest point of the season for one thing in the markets. Uh, Atlanta has what the same record or a better record than Washington. Atlanta exclusively plays close games against this style of competition. And you also have that Heineke factor. So Heineke has gotten away. Like I think his like expected interceptions based on the passes that he's thrown the past three weeks is something like 2.7 per game. And I think he has one 
<laughs> over that time and Atlanta all year long. I don't quite know how they're doing it. It's smoke and mirrors because they get no pass rush and their defense is pretty terrible. They just come up with these gigantic defensive plays, whether it was that sack against Geno Smith against Seattle, the pick six, both against Carolina and the Rams earlier this season, they just make big plays. We've just seen it too many times and they're just going to find a way. And like the, the biggest thing that people look at, it's like, Oh my God, Chase Young's probably going to be back. Washington's run defense is unstoppable, but I kind of say it every week. Atlanta isn't a typical team that you can slow down with the run. They have a four headed rushing attack. They'll run wishbone. They'll have QB double reverse RPOs and just the craziest stuff you've ever seen. So they shrink the game down for one thing for the point spread. And you can't really game plan for their rushing attack. It's just so unique versus every other team. And like, we've seen them put up really good numbers on the ground against what we've seen to be really good rush defenses so far this year. Like they kind of beat the crap out of new Orleans on the ground. They beat the crap out of San Francisco on the ground. They did it to Carolina as well. I mean, I know Carolina beat them the second time around, but they were still able to run the ball. And now that Cordero's back, it just gives them that big explosive play threat as well. I just think that not that Washington is complete smoke and I do think that their defense is good. Now they're definitely going to be able to get to the passer. But Atlanta plays such a unique style that they're almost tailor-made unless they're playing an amazing offense to keep games close. It's hard to get to the passer when the passer doesn't pass. It's all, you know, bootlegs and uh, play action stuff. So, yeah, all right. I like it. Um, My first one is uh, Mark Andrews. I'm going back to here. uh, Over 63 and a half receiving yards for Andrews. This is on FanDuel. Uh, also out there pretty much across the board at 64 and a half. The Jags have struggled past defense this year, 31st and past the DVOA, also 31st against tight ends on the season. I think Andrews coming off the bye last week, a little bit more to the usual role, uh, caught six of eight passes, almost right on this number last week, 63 yards against Carolina, who's been really good at covering tight ends this season, especially when Jeremy Chin's in the lineup. So I just like that the playing time, 97% route participation last week, He's definitely, he's the primary option. I mean, they have really nothing else there. Everyone else kind of pops up, gets hurt. Isaiah likely is playing more, but they're, it's just like, these guys are both tight ends, but they're not your traditional tight ends. Like Andrews is more of just a a prolific slot receiver with tight end eligibility. So uh, playing time right back to where he was before. I like it quite a bit. So our projections are a little light on this. Um, I think yours probably are too, Pat, but I don't know. I'm maybe going back just thinking that he's healthy you know, rough outings leading into it with the injury is probably impacting a little bit of what a medium projection would say, but I would love to get your thoughts on Andrews. A medium projection has him at 58 yards, but I do like him a lot this week. I'm actually really bullish on the Ravens offense in general. It seems like everyone, although everyone all week has appeared on the injury report, Demarcus Robinson, Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews was actually off. Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson are all going to be active for this game. So that's a big boon for that offense. You would have to think, I think Jacksonville is going to be able to move the ball relatively well against them, whether they can score or not, who knows? It's been Jacksonville's problem all year long, but yeah, it seems like an incredibly low total for a guy who gets this almost every, even what did he end up with last week? I didn't see what the final numbers were. Right at 63. He ended right at 63 and he like, he did nothing in that game and had 63 yards. Right. Yeah. And chin's legit. I mean, chin played every snap. He's back healthy for them. Like he was lined up almost just kind of chasing him around. Jacksonville doesn't have that kind of dude. Connor, you're riding with me here, right? Yeah, no, I'm into it. Love it. Great matchup. Just like, I feel like, especially too, a lot of the numbers we're getting were, you know, higher than this. And that was with Rashad Bateman in the lineup, like early in the season. Like we're getting like, you know, nearly 70 over under receiving yards for Andrews with Bateman. Now it's competitions like Demarcus Robinson and, you know, Duvernay. We're fine. But I, I would say that it's so like step down into our competition and a great matchup. So 
Sweet. Back to you, buddy. Number two. Yeah, I'm going to go with, it looks like the best number on this, Keenan Allen over 70 receiving yards. I'm fine with this at this point. I just, like, our, our projections are not caught up, but Mike Williams now announced out uh, playing against the Cardinals this week who have gotten just generally shredded by the slot receivers, had 94 yards and eight targets last week. Well, and that was only on 68% of the snaps. I anticipate he'll probably end up in that like 80% range as he becomes healthier. So, I mean, great matchup. I feel like he's going to be, uh, you know, the top target there by a lot. I would have loved to wait for receptions. Uh, like I feel like, a, you know, maybe five and a half, six and a half would have been great. Probably not going to get a five and a half. So, I mean, I thought that over, we played at 63. I think we're seeing some seventies pop now. I'm more than fine with 70. I think it'll close at like 75. I told you that this morning. I, I have Keaton Allen's medium projection at 91 yards this week. Oh boy. Okay. It looked good last week too. Like even downfield and some like that late catch was obviously not a prototypical Keenan Allen catch too, which I think is encouraging to see that when he needs to let it go a little bit too, like he has it in him in the hammy that he could have, you know, turned it off instead of just those like low a dot, you know, turn in the zone and, and catch stuff. So yeah, it was encouraging. I'm, I'm tailing this with Connor too. So I like it. Um, I like to hear that Pat's at uh, in the nineties. So yeah, I agree with when Connor, you know, put this up, we talked about it too. And yeah, definitely think we're closing in the seventies, even if Mike Williams played. So now that he's out, um, Yahtzee. So, uh, all right, Pat, back to you. All right. So my number two is going to be in the San Francisco and New Orleans games. Another game where I like the points and I like New Orleans to probably backdoor this a little bit, but I'm going to stick to the ground. San Francisco has been one of the premier rush defenses in the league. And this number just so, seems so low. And I believe I'm going against my projections on this because, you know, sometimes I know better than the numbers, which is you know, that never really happens, but uh, <laughs> I have the I have him over this by a yard. Uh, so if the medium projection is telling me this, uh, that screams under to me. Elvin Kamara under 49 and a half rushing yards. They get down by 14. Are they going to run? No, that's not going to happen. So the receive, I mean, you can probably go receiving over for him if you want it. I feel more confident in the rushing under. The issue is like Kamara, we know, can do this all in one run because we've seen that happen before. It just, we haven't seen it happen this year. It feels like he's lost that at least one explosive step is about the worst matchup that he can have. We know everyone's just still kind of banged up, even on the offensive line for the saints. So uh, it's not, listen, unders hit more often than they do overs. And like every week that I come up with my own, it's like, Oh, I like that over. And I like that over. It's like, what unders do I actually like? This is an under I can get behind. I like it. Uh, I'm going to stay in the same game too. And then Connor, get your your thoughts on both of these. Um, and I think they actually they correlate pretty well. I'm going to go under on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's passing attempts in this one. I posted it at 31 and a half this morning. I think we're still at 30 out there, 30 and a half out there. Um, it's like minus 105, minus 102. Uh, actually, points bet still has a, a 31 and a half. I think Garoppolo's actually going to be pretty good in this game. He actually shows some pretty significant uh, man versus zone splits. And I think that's it makes a ton of sense when you think about Kyle Shanahan's ability to scheme receivers open. And I actually think that efficiency is going to lead to quicker scores. It's going to put them in a lead in an advantageous game script, even faster than normal. Um, and then we see a lot of running plays from San Francisco in the second half. They're very comfortable to do that. But now they're two headed monster. We saw that last week. Garoppolo has only exceeded 30 twice this season. Those are both double digit losses for the Niners uh, coming from behind, attempting to come from behind uh, in Atlanta and against Kansas City. So still anywhere at 30 and a half or below, I like the under here. I think he's pretty efficient. I, again, I think 21, 22 completions on maybe 28 attempts, um, I think is the right look for Garoppolo. So uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on these uh, unders in the San Fran Saints game? 
No, I didn't think about the Kamara one is a great look too, especially with how he's been doing. Uh, I, like it. I feel like, you know, recently, yeah. Uh, I mean, recently he's at what, 42, 26, 30. Uh, I mean, in three games, and a lot of it has to do with like, if they're losing, he ends up in like the single digit carry range. And then if they're winning, uh, you know, he's ends up in like the low teens. And I think even if he ends up in the low teens, you know, I think that's still pretty comfortable there. Uh, and then for Noonan's, uh, I don't know why, for some reason, like when I started, when I handicapped this game, I kind of thought that they would like last week, uh, maybe go a little bit pass heavier to start, uh, rather than just like running it immediately. And so that kind of worried me a little bit, but I think you're right from a numbers perspective that even if they do go pass heavy, they should have enough success right away. And I mean, relative to pass heavy, you know, not like, not like Josh Allen and the bills pass heavy, like, you know, like what we see last week where they're not just running Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey immediately, uh, up to gut there. So I think that it's a good look though. Still at under 30 and a half is, is probably the right lean. It feels like one of those ones that we're going to like early on, we're going to be like, Oh crap, Jimmy G's mm-hmm. throwing it all over the yard. Right. Um, and then later we're just going to have to hold on for, for, you know, hopefully that game plan to play itself out that way. So yeah, I mean, unders are never uh, an easy ride, but they're never dead until they're dead. Right. So that's definitely, you know, the mentality that you know, you've had a lot of times where, Hey, it looks like we're trending poorly, but like you got to play, you got to play the whole thing out. Um, that happened on Thanksgiving. It was uh, DJ Chark, three targets and 15 yards in the first drive or second drive. And the subs are all adding me like, oh, we're dead. We're dead. And I'm like, an under is not dead till it's dead. And he did not get to, he called one more pass the entire game for one yard. It was over under was like 35. So, I mean, I think we definitely got a little lucky there, but you know, hey, an under is not dead till it's dead, right? Yeah. Pat, do you have any thoughts on Jimmy G? I do. And my, my next one actually correlates with Jimmy G. So, you know, I'll save it, I suppose. Okay, cool. Um, reminder if you're hanging in the chat. Jump in. Let us know any looks that you have for week 12. You want to get our thoughts on anything. Uh, we'll do our best. I know a lot of stuff is popping here, even as we're going live. So uh, Connor, number three. Yeah. My third one is something that I've not released officially yet, but I do really like, and will be releasing officially is Miles Sanders over. And something we talked about kind of correlates a little bit with Rogers. You're able to find this at 66 rushing yards. Uh, and I think the big deal here is that I think the Eagles kind of go back to their basics here and they go, they skew run heavy against a green Bay team that has been okay against the pass, but has been 29th and run DBOA really struggled, uh, you know, against opposing running games here. And if we look at when Miles Sanders has struggled, it's been against Washington twice. He has 54 and 46 rushing yards, who is a top five run defense by, you know, most metrics. And uh, to Pat's point, I mean, the Eagles bring some level of versatility, but certainly not exactly what Atlanta runs there uh, offensively. And so, and then against Indianapolis, only 13 for 47, but some of his best outings, Detroit, 96 yards, Minnesota, 80 yards, Jacksonville, 134. And he's been pretty consistently over this number in like, you know, average to plus matchups. Now you're getting a massive plus matchup here as seven point favorites. You know, I think you're, I, we're going to get like 15 carries for, you know, 80 plus yards here. We have at 84 rushing yards. So, uh, I, f- I feel pretty good about that one. Not something I've released yet. I was hoping to get maybe a little bit of a lower number, but I think 66 is great. Yeah, I like it. I know we just died short of the carries last week where we had that late Boston Scott, like three straight carries inside the uh, the 20, which is a, a painful way to bleed out there. But uh, I think still a good handicap. And I like your thoughts here on this one too. Um, Pat, I'll kick it to you for any thoughts. And then you can talk to me about the uh, next one for you. I stay away from any Sanders over at all times because they are not afraid to just give it to someone else. That's not Miles Sanders. So some eventually he has to be like efficient and get there himself. I know he's been doing it pretty well. It's just they're not, he's not a player that I like to target. I find him too up and down. Maybe if you can catch him on a low number, then yeah, then go smash that over. But generally speaking, I stay away. I'm going back to that San Francisco game and I couldn't believe this number when I saw it because you know maybe I'm the fish that looks at it and like, okay, 
Uh, George Kittle under four and a four and a half receptions. Four and a half receptions for George Kittle in a game that's supposed to be a blowout. What are we doing here? Saints are awesome against tight ends too. Uh, by far the best defensive DVOA team against the position. So the efficiency definitely doesn't come through Kittle here in the spot. I don't think so. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the juice of that? I think it's minus one thirty right now. It was when I looked at it earlier, but that's still you know, a great they, look. They keep yeah, one thirty is fine. Let's see, Kittle, Kittle forty six. I like the under. I mean, you can just go under forty six and a half yards too at minus one ten. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing it juiced up now. Oh yeah, it's but minus one sixty five now. Damn it! This is yeah. why I should look at these uh, on the show before I write. This was like an hour ago. It was minus one thirty. Yeah, it's tough. That's just All how right. the market is. I All right, like I'm going to switch to the under forty five and a half receiving yards then. Yeah, I think it's. I think the handicap for it is is spot on too. Um, feels like too many. I feel like last week was a combination of both wanting to get him active because he had been really quiet. It was like a perfect pristine matchup against the Cardinals. I know Connor smashed that for our subscribers, and then this week feels like it's another spot where it could come on the outside. Uh, then they're gonna run, you know, go run heavy. Hopefully, uh, but yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that look quite a bit. We're we're under in that game. Someone's gonna do something in that game. It's gonna have to be. Uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell and uh, Christian McCaffrey on the ground, hopefully. So I, I, I think that just everyone in people's minds, San Francisco and listen, like the, the books are probably going to tell you very close to the same thing that the Niners are the best team in the NFC. But look at the record. They, they don't play well every week. <laughs> True. I mean, they lost at Atlanta, who I know is better than we, we thought they were going to be coming in. But that's not I don't think that's a anyone considers them a serious contender. Right. Maybe they backdoor a playoff spot, which would be shocking. But even that, like, you know, that's a a bad loss for sure also right, lost Connor. you know at chicago in week one in that yeah soon i mean which I, I don't almost know doesn't that. count yeah I, I agree but like still like you know find a way to get it done that was like pathetic um but i also think in that game too something that we hit like 10 minutes before kickoff elijah mitchell's over under came in at like 36 or something 37 and a half rushing yards and he had four in the first half and uh most people were sweating you know ends up being kind of like their uh back that when they want to run the ball they go for it it was interesting because they didn't have kyle use in a bunch in the, like the first quarter at all i don't think elijah mitchell played a snap actually in the first quarter and then as soon as they wanted to like switch to that like you know power formation and use him a little bit more uh i mean they instantly started crushing so that's something to look out for as they mix in mccaffrey and and like that kind of mix between him and mitchell because it's like two very different approaches uh with with how they run these guys so um yeah, my last one here, I don't have anything official, but I have two that I really like. Jeff Wilson, potentially overs. I haven't seen anything pop there. Uh, should see all the work. 13-point favorites against uh, Houston. Is Mostert out officially? I they said he's so. going to be. It's a long uphill battle was the quote from uh, McDaniel. Yeah, because I saw Fournette is officially out. There's a couple of there's a couple of these games that are just not offering props for. Like I wanted to do Tyree Kill over receiving yards, and I know where it's going to come in, but it's just it's not available. So shockingly, today for the first time ever that we've seen um, a site that won't be named is first to market on a play. Um, points bets also there, so we're seeing ninety-seven and a half um, points bets, the lowest in the market at ninety-five and a half. Ninety-seven and a half. Wow. Over. What's your projection? I don't know. Like my my personal <laughs> doesn't projection. matter. Over. Totally fair. That's a fair <laughs> handicap. Two hundred yards. <laughs> Uh, my, my projection is actually 98 and a half, but come on. Now. Okay. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, he's a beast. There's, they have no, I mean, Stingley's going to be out as well. Again, if you even think that that matters, which I don't even think that that matters. Um, but you know, 95 and a half is the lowest number out there for him. Uh, lower juice, 97 and a half, uh, 
at the blue book, uh, we'll call it for uh, for our friend Pat's sake here. Um, but yeah, it looks like you know DK, MGM, Caesars yet to get into the uh, the action on Miami and, and Houston. So yeah, I think we were waiting for those, some of those injuries to drop for some of that stuff. So maybe we see some stuff now with if I haven't seen officially for Mostert, but um, yeah. And what about we, a, a Rashad White number? I mean, Rashad White number is Rashad White's on the list too because it looked like they were shifting that way anyway. Um, and a, a great, great matchup against Cleveland's league worth worst run defense. So, um, what what do you think we're going to see? Mid sixties? Uh, I I mean that's a smash. I think we might even see like seventy something. Like, seventy one. They know everyone loves Rashad White. I feel like you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's not get crazy here. Most of the general public couldn't point to you who that is. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, if we see 60s, I'll be playing the over for sure. Anything in the 60s, automatic. I mean, even low 70s, like he saw, I think they want to go a little bit run heavy too. Like they kind of, they talked about it before the Rams game. And then they said, they, they're they like, oh, we're going to try and go run heavy. They tried, they just like couldn't run. So that Brady was like, screw this. We're just going to pass every play. But then we saw the next week in Seattle, they're like, it was actually working. And so they kept running the ball. Uh, and now against the Browns, I mean, if it doesn't work, something's seriously gone wrong. But the defense is healthy. You know, great matchup. Uh, Rashad White should have essentially no competition. Like, I I wouldn't say pencil him in for 20 carries, but pretty close. There, there's a chance, because Geo is going to be activated for this game, it looks like at least, that he might weirdly lose some of his receiving game work, which I, I don't think is bad by any means. But why, if you're going to bring Geo back and activate him, like, what else is he doing in this game? Yeah, he's probably not siphoning off carries though or especially early downward no but, uh, not yeah. at all no it'd be like Keyshawn vaughn i think yeah no, that's a good point um i accidentally threw it to connor before i gave mine so i'll do one give it a pat and i'll take another one uh, i have a couple that have moved but i think still playable i'll talk about um another one where i think i am off the market as far as what your, your median projections are going to be uh Traylon burks i threw Traylon burks to our subscribers at 36 and a half it is out to 40 and a half in some spots. It's even higher, 43 in some others. I think if you look at like snaps, he's looks as like a part-time player. He's not even at 70% um, snaps, but I really don't give two licks if he's out there blocking for Derrick Henry. I care about uh, his activity in the passing game, and he's been a target hog. He had 38% targets per outrun in week 11. That is the third time he's top 30%. 25, 22% is, is elite. Um, so getting him north of 30 in three or six starts this season is, is pretty terrific. Again, a low volume passing offense, but uh, you know, the 38% last week was seven catches on, a, on eight targets. It's 111 yards. And we saw some of what I think people thought we were going to see maybe coming out. And I think just long-term having a, a buying mentality on rookie receivers coming off of their buy or later in the season when they've shown you anything, Right. I mean, I think just blindly chasing these guys is dumb, but when they've shown you that they have at least an inkling of skill, I think it makes sense to to chase them a little bit. And again, DJ Reader's back for Cincinnati. I think that I mean, we know that Tennessee is still gonna run the ball with Derrick Henry. I think they don't find a ton of success. Doesn't mean that Derrick Henry doesn't have a hundred yards here, but he probably does it on you know, maybe less efficiency. And I think when they throw, they throw to Burks often. So 40 and a half is still a pretty light number, even though it's off of you know the, the mid-30s where he posted it. I think our projections are right around there. I've seen some others that are well short of that. But again, I just think that the, the usage is kind of going this way. And really, there's no one else there that scares me from a target standpoint. So uh, over on Traylon Burks. Uh, Pat, what are your thoughts there? I think he stinks, so I would take the under. <laughs> Fair. 
I like your simple handicaps today. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's certain guys that I just point. don't think are good, and maybe I'm wrong, but I want to be betting overs on guys that I think suck. Yeah, it's fair. Hey, it's why you blind chase uh, Tyreek, you know, north of yeah. north of 100, because he's you good. Know, that, he's good that, at football. That, that's working out well, by the way. Sure is. Uh, how about you? Last one or last group? What are you considering? Well, uh, I was considering Ken Walker over 76 and a half rushing yards against this awful Vegas team. I don't, there's a spread I don't understand. So, I mean, Vegas probably going to win now. But if you know, Vegas beats the crappy Broncos in overtime and, you know, Seattle had a bye week and then they had lost in Munich to Tampa and almost came back and won that game. Now, all of a sudden, like they're in the same sphere. Give me a break. Like, Seattle's way better, and they're just going to jam it down their throats the entire time. So 76 and a half, I really like. But I think my fourth play is actually going to be Terrace Marshall under 37 and a half receiving yards. And this is twofold. Uh, he continues. He's beat this number, I think, in four straight weeks, which is great and everything. But you also have, I mean, there's no guarantee that DJ Moore is going to be on Patrick Sertain here. It could be on Terrace Marshall. Probably not. But it's not like the other side of the Broncos' pass defense is bad by any means. It's actually quite good. I think because like people have PTSD about Baker Mayfield, we think that Sam Darnold is good. He's not. So I, I do think he's going to throw, mind you. So maybe like she Smith over 11 and a half yards is maybe where you want to look in this game, something like that. But Terrace Marshall is like, he's going to play, but he was very close to not playing in this game with a shoulder injury, like one hit and he just might be out. So give me the under. I get it. Yeah. Sam Darnold is uh Still not good at football. I don't think anything changed here in the last year or so. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on uh, fading a game, which I think has probably low play volume, a bad matchup for Carolina passing game. Um, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, you could see some certain. From what I've noticed, it's like he shadows good receivers and then just like stays put generally when, or just like, you know, plays wherever when it's like no one special. And I mean, I think DJ Moore is good, but I'm not sure he's special enough for anyone to shadow him, especially against Sam Darnold, who... Like, I just don't understand what the hype is all about. Like, every time they change quarterbacks, they're like, oh, you know, this Baker's the worst. Bring in P.J. Walker, XFL stud, you know? And it's like, oh, P.J. stinks, you know? Bring in Sam Darnold. He'll save us, you know? It's like, no, these guys all just suck. The system sucks. They're in a bad spot. Like, you know, it's, it's just a I, – I just don't get it. So, yeah, blind under anything, on the, honestly, there I think you could be okay with, except for I'm not going to bet an under on she, she Smith there at 11 yards. I think the over there is a decent look. But – uh, I think you would even take DJ more under, to be honest, too. Um, I just worry about them, like, scheming and touches sometimes. Like, that's what I worry about is, like, sometimes I'm just being like, oh, we're going to target this guy, like, 10 times. Yeah, but they don't really scheme him touches. It's just he usually has the better matchup, and he runs vertically. They scheme, like, Chenault touches. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, if you, I assume that, like, whoever the new offer is, is it McAdoo still? That, like, he has a fantasy team, and he really bought into the hype on Chenault. It's like, well, better use this guy. The internet tells me he's really good. He's, he also sucks. Uh, the one I wanted to really look for, I, I can't find a number on it, is Michael Carter either over receptions or receiving yards. Yeah, with the Mike oh, White. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. with Mike White back. Uh, I don't think we have anything at all from that game. What yes. do you think we're going to see? Three and a half? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go over that. I was hoping it'd be two and a half, even with a little bit of juice. I'd still like that. Uh, I, I also haven't seen Bryce Perkins rushing yards, but our projections have him at 13. I watched him play last week. He's going to have like 80 rushing yards against the chiefs and do nothing, but he, I mean, he can't do, he can't do anything else. Like it was like, they're just like, he was rolling out, you know, like air mill and passes, you know, like, uh, like every other play was just like a, a read option or like a zone read. So yeah, he has to run. Otherwise they're, they're screwed. I'd play him up to like 35 and a half, I think. And I, but I think his number will be like 16 and a half. 
The, one of the other ones you mentioned, Kenneth Walker. I was kind of waiting for a, a rushing and receiving one because his receiving work has been a massive upgrade there too. Yeah, uh, but that was the first game that they were trailing in in ages. It's been two games in a row, yes, but that Tampa game I don't think is indicative whatsoever. You have them falling behind big in a game against one of the best run defenses in the league. That is not what they're getting this week. Right. That's I, out there. 92 and a half on Rivers. It's okay. 96 and a half everywhere else. Interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like they made a point of it, though, like two weeks ago, and they're like, yeah, we want to get this guy more involved in the receiving game, and then they did. So I feel like it kind of helps his floor a little bit, but to your point, like he probably won't have 40 receiving yards in this game. Um, no, and if you do think, like I do, that Seattle's likely going to be playing from ahead in this spot, yeah. every time that they've won a game or been leading in the game, like he has no issues getting to his like 17 carries or whatever he needs. He doesn't even need that to get to this number, but uh, that's where he's going to end up being. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I think that's the longest two that I always consider because I think he just has that ability to break tackles and, uh, you know, hang a 20 yarder up there. That's out there. I think it's just 15 and a half where he's typically like 17 and a half. So that's not a bad look, too, if you're looking to uh, to get on some Kenneth Walker stuff. Yeah. It, during their one, two, four game winning streak, he never had fewer than 18 carries in a game. And it's funny because in those 18 carries, he had 51 yards. <laughs> I have a few, a couple others that I have posted that have moved, and I, I think it's probably probably off them at the new number. Um, I played Isaiah Pacheco over fifty-seven and a half rushing yards, uh, up to sixty-two and a half, which is a little steep. Um, but fifteen plus carries the last two weeks, sixty-three percent, seventy-three percent of the running back touches. Now we know Ceh is out. Um, you know, again, that heavy workload was eighty-two yards and one hundred and seven yards. Now you're looking at a Chiefs team, 30-plus point team total here. Should absolutely decimate the Rams, who have absolutely no shot to, to – I think their team total is like 12-and-a-half, which is uh, – just don't see south of 14 very often in the NFL, and, uh, and here we are. So I just feel like the floor for Pacheco, even if he's not efficient, is really high. So, um, yeah, it's up to 62-and-a-half, it looks like, on DraftKings. Uh, you know, projections aren't there, but I, I, I don't mind that. Uh, prefer the 57 and a half. Same thing with uh, DeAndre Hopkins play, uh, played over six and a half receptions, it's seven and a half at plus money. I still kind of like it. Like, I probably wouldn't play it if I thought that he was just going to perfectly land in the middle on seven. I do think that if Greg Dortch is ruled out, um, he didn't practice the last two days. Uh, looks like definitely Ramondre or uh, Rondell Moore is out. I think we're going to have a limited Hollywood Brown here. Like, I don't think that they massively impact Hopkins. I do think you probably see more Hopkins slot routes if those guys are out. And I think that just raises his floor here. Again, a lot of volume I expect in this game with Kyler back, you know, the air raid, you know, horizontal raid is back here in the spot. So I think just peppered with targets for DeAndre Hopkins. So love that. Seven and a half at plus money, I think is still probably a good look. I wouldn't have posted as a play, but I uh, like that quite a bit. I'm I'm telling Connor, I'm blind betting Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes from here on out. He gets it like 75% of the time. I think even this spot where they can absolutely destroy the Rams, it probably happens with Mahomes. I don't care who's at receiver. Uh, he just, that's still plus money. It's like plus 130. Love that. Um, I'll give you a couple of tackle looks. Absolutely love Rashad Evans. Uh, he's probably going to be eight and a half. Um, linebacker for the Falcons. Really, really good spot for Evans here. Um, I know that they have a bad defense. Pat, you know, poke some holes there as far as their run defense, though. Look at some of the stuff with Evans this season, though. He has been 
an absolute beast. Let me bring up his numbers here. So yeah, look, look it, it's he's actually in the perfect position for Atlanta's defense because they're not good. Everyone just makes it to the second level. It's true. Um, so he was sharing some work, and now he's a 100% guy. Um, at least nine in eight of the past nine. He's got 10 plus in five of six. Um, opposing linebackers are averaging 23.4 tackles per game against Washington is the highest rate in the league. Uh, absolutely love the spot for Evans. I'd be shocked if he wasn't posted at eight and a half. Um, love that one. TJ Edwards, linebacker for the Eagles. Um, he'll also be posted at eight and a half. I'm comfortable going over there as well. He got there for us last week, basically in every down roll. He's got uh, 10 or more in six of 10 games a season for the past five. Uh, in another spot too against Green Bay, who is second in the league and tackles given up to opposing linebackers on the season. Who Edwards, was it, by the way? TJ Edwards for the Eagles. Yeah, I love the spot for him. He came in for us last week. I think got 10 uh, against the Colts. And then in that same game, or the Colts, uh, Zaire Franklin uh, on Monday night against the uh, Steelers. Franklin will be at 8.5 as well. Comfortable here. Um, again, Colts linebacker against the Steelers. He is every down roll. Actually, second in the league in total tackles. With uh, Shaq Leonard out for the season, he does not come off the field and has an elite tackle rate. And uh, linebackers against the uh, the um, Steelers has been really opportunistic. Uh, we hit that last week with Logan Wilson. Jermaine Pratt as well went way over his his total. Um, so those are three guys that are all probably going to be posted at eight and a half and I'm comfortable going over. Uh, this is basically the same as chasing elite wide receiver overs uh, in the tackle market. So those are some of the best spots this week. I like those. We we missed it by a, by by the hook last week, Noonan. I my big parlay. Oh, Richie Grant was our only tackle miss. Yeah, he missed on the hook. The uh, the subscribers I got we get, we're sweating the stuff now. I got guys messaging me like, "Did you see that tackle? He, you know, he was he should have been." Yes, thank you. Plus favorable scoring matchup for uh, Indy on Franklin. See, we these guys we got them going. Maybe people understand there's some scorer advantage here, tackles per opportunity. Um, the uh, the Colts give out assists at a really high rate. Um, I think like 56 and a, and a half assists given out per game on the season where the league average is 42.8. So sizable advantage on assists given out. So we don't care if they're solo or assists in this game. We just care about uh, total combined tackles. So yeah, we lost the Richie Grant was our only L last week. So sorry, Pat, we got it back this week. Happens. I bet them all individually too. So I won money. Good. All right, so you're hanging out with us in the chat. Slow. Maybe people are, you know, out maybe Black Friday shopping and people still go out to malls and do that. Um, Is that a thing still? I don't know. Uh, listen to my show this week and you'll find out. Oh, no. It was custom Someone definitely. was talking about Black Friday. Mm, it's worth a listen. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network and listen to this uh, this uh, great stuff from Cust. I'm sure it's uh, riveting content. <laughs> um, yeah, in a previous life, man, 15 years ago, dozen years ago, um, I used to manage Starbucks and we have a very large mall here in the Chicagoland area, uh, Woodfield mall. I think it used to be like the largest or one of the largest in the country. Um, all of the managers had to not only take people from the store, but they them themselves had to work black Friday shifts at Woodfield. Uh, it was horrible um i'd get there like at like 11 p.m and work from like 11 p.m to 6 a.m where like you'd walk in and you thought you walked in to like a justin bieber concert because there's nothing but like 16 year old girls 
hanging out at the mall and they'd be open 24 hours. It was a disaster. So I'm very thankful to the folks at 444 for allowing me to sit here in my basement and talk about tackle props instead of uh, serving caramel macchiatos and uh, frappuccinos to the uh, youth of America. So good times. Um, all right. So hang out. Let us know what thoughts you have here. Um, we'll jump in. So Clint wants to know about uh, not a lot. So let's go, guys. Um, Traylon Burks over three and a half receptions. Pat thinks he sucks. So Pat's under on three and a half receptions, I'm guessing. What I what I think is interesting uh, is that the Titans passing game has actually looked pretty good the last two weeks since Tannehill's come back. Um, I also agree that I think Traylon Burks kind of sucks, but uh, and I but I've been anti Traylon Burks the entire offseason and early season, and I think he has flashed enough where he might not like be complete garbage. So like I'm not betting the under, but uh, I get the over because I think it's a numbers play. But I do think that the Titans passing game has been really surprisingly good uh you know whatever seventh, fifth in epa uh their seventh in explosive pass rate or something like that the last two weeks so i i just got an email from my golf uh my golf club that that they're offering like different packages this year and if you buy a couple membership for you and your partner it is seven hundred dollars less than buying two individual ones do you, do you think it would be unethical of me to say that cast and i are in a relationship you are in a relationship <laughs> There we go. I mean, it's very relationships are very vague, especially nowadays. Like you cannot do anything. Yeah, what are they, they going to say to me? No, right, you cannot yeah. question. Imagine anyone. them calling you out. No, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to save myself 700 bucks. Oh, I got more money to bet this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's he's a partner in a lot of senses, right? I mean, it's a relationship for sure. Uh, are you beating him on the regular now? Oh, oh yeah, I killed him all year. I think he, I think our record this year was 23 and one for me oh gosh and the the one was i broke two clubs i was very mad <laughs> snapping clubs over my knee it was it was by far the worst i played all year like an important club mid-round or what is it what no happened? i actually bought i buy i have a crappy wedge in my bag because i know that i can get very furious and want to smash clubs and i know that one's like 10 bucks. Like I go to the, the shitty driving range by my house and like buy a few wedges. I just have it. My, I spent like 50 bucks at the beginning of the year, buy 10 wedges or buy five wedges. I put one in my bag until I get so mad that I pulled that one out and snap it and throw in the woods. And I replace it at the end of the round. Oh, it's good. Just to have one there to break. I, I never hit the club. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you don't miss it. I desperately need Connor to update his driver. He's using, oh, man. Uh, uh, Pat, we're talking about like, like late nineties stuff. Like we're talking like actual woods. Um, he has like a <laughs> hybrid that, that he seems to hit decent. It has the smallest head and face. I have no idea how he makes contact with the club. Even he seems to actually hit it pretty decent, but like we're talking like antique, these things need to be sent to Florida and put into the golf hall of fame. Um, <laughs> for some reason, he's still rolling them out and dusting them off occasionally. So I considered, I didn't want to do it cause I really like his wife and I didn't want to, um, get him a driver for his uh, wedding gift. Uh, but I really considered it just being taking the L, apologizing profusely to his wife and saying, I couldn't think of a good wedding gift other than that Connor needs this. Um, <laughs> you guys will get all the other stuff from other people. Connor needs to continue to golf more, but uh, we haven't got there. So hopefully a profitable football season for Connor can uh, turn into, you know, maybe even a pre-owned, uh, you know, Callaway Epic or, you know, a nice ping or something, just something that's not, just absolute dust. Yeah, I'll buy something. 
uh, Connor's confidence when he talks about these props. I think he can afford the driver. Yeah. 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 I, I think we'll be, we'll be good. Uh, I, I just like, I got like too cheap towards the end of it. Cause I was playing so bad by the end of my little like golf uh, tenure this season. And then now we're in football season. So whenever it starts getting a little warm here again, in Chicago, I'll, I'll buy something new and make the investment. Cause you're right. It's like, I mean, I have one of those like little sleeves. It's like a fur one. That's like from the PJ tour in like 1990 or something like that. I don't even know. It's like, it's like my dad's old clubs, you know? Yeah. I, I bought a three wooden, a hybrid this year. And I bought my driver, my new set of clubs, like a year and a half, two years ago now. And you know, the, the drivers, they go pretty quickly. I still like mine, but like Cuss has been using the same one for 10 years now. And you can hear that it's dead. Um, <laughs> but we got, we, he went out and he bought a new driver. He hit it once and he instantly returned it after playing around with it to get an even more expensive driver, which he now, he bought the SIM too. And now he doesn't even use it because he hits his other one better, according to him. Then he bought a two, he bought a two wood, which is like a mini driver. It's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, the new driver technology, if you don't have something somewhat fresh in your bag from the last five years or so, I think you are definitely leaving a little bit of distance out there for sure. So uh, we'll, we'll help Connor upgrade. Um, yeah, getting better, getting better. So it's all right. Um, let's see. Yeah, Fryermuth, uh overs on Monday Night Football. I actually have Fryermuth on my list. I didn't mention Fryermuth. The other one that um, Connor mentioned a couple with Rashad White, Jeff Wilson, um, David Montgomery carries over possibly in the spots could be a good look. We don't have to worry about Justin Fields, uh, but I like Friar Muth. I did not see the number, uh, but it's probably out since we started here. Connor, have you yeah, seen it's anything 40, on Fryermuth? 43 and a half. It was pretty low again. Um, I mean, he's just been in, in non-tough matchups. He's been like the absolute target hog for Pittsburgh. And then last two weeks, I believe, he's been playing way more in the slot uh, without Chase Claypool, uh, like, like elite slot rates for a tight end. So, yeah, I think you'd probably hit the over there pretty comfortably. How is the how is the matchup? That's the one thing I like didn't have time to look into. Like, is it does it matter? Like, is that plus like really bad? I I, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Colts and Titans. Yeah, it's against the Colts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cares? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're bad actually. Twenty seventh in DVOA, um, forty seven and a half yards per game. Uh, yeah, I, I like your point too. Like that's part of why we, the handicap last week on Friar Booth too, was the, the spike in slot rate with, uh, with clay pull out, you know, the, the target rate is, uh, is pretty safe. He almost got there in the first half for us last week. So I've no problem going back to, uh, to the well there, even though, you know, the Kenny Pickett stuff is not great. Um, let me see what his, his targets, target share or routes run or anything last week. I like the Michael Carter stuff too. Definitely have that written down. Um, yeah, I mean, this is elite stuff. 83% route participation, 31% target per route run. Um, I mean, that's like that's Tyreek Hill type of uh, target per route run stuff. So, yeah, Friar Muth 43 and a half is, uh, is a good look. Um, same game, Josh wants to know about Michael Pittman. Under 20 and a half for a longest reception. I mean, the Steelers are being given up big plays, though. 20 and a half is decent, but... Uh, I don't know what you guys thoughts initial off the top with Pittman. Yeah. I don't want to bet it, under. It doesn't move the needle for me either way. Like those are not the sort of, unless like it really jumps out to me as, Oh, I know this guy's a dot is so low or this one is so high. Like it would just flip a coin at that point. Like, I, I don't feel like we have an edge on that either way. I agree with that. All right. Good stuff. Wrap us up. Quiet chat today, which is, you know, again, it makes sense. People are probably out. Um, you know, smelling, touching grass, smelling the roses, 
living life a little bit. Uh, anything else? Any other looks you guys want to highlight that haven't popped or anything that's popped since we've been yeah we've been live? So, something just popped up on my screen right now. Uh, at Graham Dillette on Twitter, he is making bacon wrapped Oreos, which look, mm. I mean they don't like, visually look appealing, but I can really get behind that. Bacon wrapped. Oh, I love Oreos. They're actually I think horribly underrated. Um, I love did cookies you know and cream that there's a panda bear on every Oreo? I did not know that. That's what's on the top of it. Really? Yeah. Why? Is it hidden or that's actually the design? That's actually the design. You just can't see it because it's so black. But if you pour milk onto the top of it, you'll see the outline of the koala or the panda. It's koala, it's koala or panda, one of the two. Well, now I'm about to go try this out because I had no idea. What animal is on an Oreo? I had a delicious Oreo milkshake from this place that uh my wife and i found that is just local homemade ice cream it's fantastic they are closing for the season Cake i went to ryan <laughs> i went there last i went there the homemade, last night that they were open fucking ice cream <laughs> well it's just it's good stuff you know i don't want to yeah, go I'm to sure it's great yeah. <laughs> so i got my my shake it's ryan's shotgun um and as i pull in like around to get into my driveway and it goes down the side inside by like the where you like plug in the seatbelt um like in the center console like so not just spilled but spilled in like the absolute worst possible spot that you could spill because it's impossible to clean up so it was like i i had this much milkshake left um again last one of the season because the place literally closed the doors behind me for the year and had to clean it out of my car and it was a brutal experience so i have a little uh, Oreo milkshake PTSD. So at that point, I'm probably just chucking the rest out the window, slamming my fists, you know, and through something and then piss because I'm jamming my hand in between the seat trying to clean that shit out for 30 minutes. And then you it was like cold. You guys, that- you guys need to renegotiate your contracts. I'd just buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought about it. Too. That's the thing that I actually really legit worried about is that when the weather turns and gets really nice, I thought I did a good job cleaning it, but like, on a nice warm day, you're going to find oh, out man. if you really clean that milkshake out of your car or not. Right now, we're good. It just is if it's still there, it's melted and it's probably edible. But uh, yeah, for now, I, I don't know. But we'll find out maybe come, you know, March or April. So that's my cookies and cream Oreos uh, story for you guys to wrap it up. So, Pat, where can everyone find your stuff? Mayo Media Network, the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. If you enjoy yourself. You know, not watching me on video, at least. I mean, I suppose you can just not watch YouTube while you watch it, but it's much easier doing it through Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a rating and review up there as well. And uh, you should probably root for our guy, Tower Tambellini at Toteg and Tambo. He's at King of the Beach next week. And uh, he said that he's going to donate uh, 10% of his winnings of his best lineup to the viewers of the show. So if you're not a viewer of the show, well, fuck oh, wow. you. But you can become a viewer right now <laughs> and potentially get in on, I mean, top prize is 200K. So he might be giving away, but it's 5%, 5% of the money. So he might be giving away 10 grand. Pretty generous just for Very watching generous. the show. Yeah. Uh, no offense to our viewers. And we're not getting 10 grand for watching this thing. So, uh, but now you get the opportunity <laughs> to make 10 grand for uh, hanging out with Pat. So uh, great DFS show over there. Uh, highly recommend that. Um, Connor, what do you got coming out? Uh, props, more props coming, and uh... yeah, gonna dive deep here. Try and avoid uh, going out tonight, but we'll see. I'm sure I'm gonna fight that battle for a good two hours until uh, you know someone asks me to go get a beer and I cave. So uh, get it, put out as many props as possible. Still grinding the TikTok game. Sal launched a new uh, betting channel where we have our YouTube shorts for four for four bets, uh, and we'll probably make the switch over with this show 
over that channel uh, pretty soon with betting only content over there. Uh, hopefully you did not tell my soccer picks because I told you to bet on England uh, minus uh, 0.75. So hopefully you didn't see that video, but the next ones will be better. Good stuff as always. Uh, yeah. And again, four for four.com slash plans, black Friday sale, $34 for the betting sub access to everything on the site. Highly, highly, highly recommend that. So for Pat and Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next week. Thanks everybody. <laughs>